Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Progress Weekly Podcast. In the studio tonight, I am joined by Paul. How are you doing, Paul? Um, yeah, I think I've joined the wrong podcast tonight. I was expecting to join some sort of therapy session. <laughs> uh, Adam, how are you doing? Well, I'm feeling great. Yeah, you know what? You've got to you've got to get perspective in life, and I don't think we've got to get too downbeat about it. And the wine's helping. Fair enough. And Barry, how are you doing this fine evening? Okay, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm good. Thanks, Barry. Good. Well, I've been bat- better. We're just recording after the uh, the whole game, which we will delve straight into. The score at the DW Stadium finished: Wigan Athletic nil, Hull City five. Possession, believe it or not, was quite equal. Uh, Hull had 15 shots to our five. They had eight on target to our two corners. They outdid us double, and fouls are pretty even. Barry, I'm going to come straight into you. What went wrong? I didn't quite understand the change in formation after two away games where we played three centre-halves. We looked pretty solid in midfield and uh, at the back as well. So that was a strange one for me. They seem to, you know, you look at the the old old goals. It was a, a case of just, you know, waltzing through, through our defence somewhat. So, number one, I think that change in formation didn't suit us. Uh, we were very poor. Another thing that bothered me slightly was the fact that we didn't start kicking people because when you're getting turned over like we were, I'd expect you, I'd expect my players to roll the sleeves up and turn it into a bit of a battle, and they didn't do that. Uh, there was experienced pros that are walking with the walking around with the, the shoulders slumped and the heads down, and I, I don't want to see that. I hope they're not accepting the fact. I think we're going down. I, I do think we're going down because you know, we're, we're, as long as I've got a club at the end of the season, that's that that's my you know that that's that's it for me. I want us to have a club, and I've always thought we'd finish in the bottom four. But you still want to see that fight, don't you? And it weren't there today, which was disappointing. I thought it was there at Northampton and it was there at Oxford, but it weren't there today for some reason. And to be honest with you, Hull didn't look anything special to me either. So quite quite disappointed. Yeah, it was, like you said, the formation change was one of the big, the big things tonight. Paul, with Sunday's game against Oxford, which you recapped with Barry, what's what, apart from the formation? What, what else do you think may have affected the um, the outcome of today's results? Are they all just tired of it? I don't know. It, it, I, I mean, it seems like the period for which we were competitive um, lasted twenty five minutes, and once that. First goal, obviously, you get you can see too quick. You know, it's game over, isn't it? And 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 that's that's the question with the fight. Um, once once you go behind, it's got, you know you want to see a team come from behind and show that fight, and we've not shown it at all. I mean, one of the goals bounced twice before it hit the net. I mean, like I say, I was expecting a therapy session. It's just it's just crap in it as as a supporter to. To watch, we've gone past getting angry. You know, we we kind of don't blame the players, but then you do blame the players because they're the ones that are having to. You understand it, but but you know, obviously they're the ones going out and not delivering. So you're going to get frustrated. Yeah, and Adam, is there is there a plan B? 
because obviously we went we went behind um, f- from from an attack where we we could have taken the lead, uh, then we fall behind. What what's going on? Where's Plan B or Plan C even? Well, I think Barry said it all. I think Plan A was all right. The, the Plan A that we've had for the last few weeks, um, where we've gone five uh, five at the back. It's given us a bit more in midfield. Um, it's tough. It's tough for Richardson because he'd like to play the same team week in, week, in, week out. But we, you know, there's a lot, there's younger players in there. There's players who haven't played a lot of football in recent recent months. So it's more or less impossible to play the same team for more than a couple of games. So I think he probably looked at it tonight and thought, well, I don't have the personnel to play that formation that I want to play. So let's go back to the four at the back. But for me, we just got, I'm not having a go at Chris Berry at all. I thought he was very good tonight, actually. I thought he was their best player. Again, he you know got on the ball and did well. But if there's, if there's that many players running through in midfield, um, no time. They can get to the defence who are backing off and you're just giving them shots. And yeah, you know, I will concede that, that Jamie Jones probably could have stopped a couple of those. But, you know, we're making it too easy for players to get shots in. Um, you know, if you're blaming Jones, you've got to blame the centre-backs, you've got to blame the full-backs, you've got to blame the midfielders. You know, I, and, and personally, I don't really want to blame anybody as such. I just want to, like, just forget about this game, really, and think about how we've recovered maybe from previous games because, you know, we we won within two games of losing to Rochdale and I think we won within two games of losing to Blackpool. So I think we've got to look, can we get the same reaction again? And in my view, there, are, there is scope to get better because I don't think that was the best team tonight. I think we got better uh, fair play to the last 20, 25 minutes where they, at least they dug in thought we created a couple of chances with Lange up there. Um, yeah, apart from the starters tonight, apart from Proctor and Mary, I thought Proctor did okay, Mary did okay. The rest of them, I think, played below average tonight. Um, so, yeah, very disappointing performance. Not a lot of positives to take from it, if any, really. Barry, I want to ask you um, with regards to Calum Lange. Obviously, picked up a knock on Sunday at Oxford. And was brought on when pretty much the game was dead and gone. Now I know he mentioned in commentary, to, you know, trying to salvage something from the game. But do you think it was a bit of an unnecessary risk to bring on um, someone like Callum Lang, who had a knock? What What would you have done? I know it's all easy to be manager sat at home, isn't it? But do you reckon it was a risk not worth taking? No, I'd, 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 have, I'd have thrown him on at half time for being honest, because Will, Will Keane was absolutely awful. He was awful tonight. Well, that's 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 a difference. There's a difference bringing him on at half time, isn't there? And there's a difference bringing him on midway through the second half, isn't there? So if if you, I agree with you, bring him on at half time to come on and make a difference. But when you're four 0 down, is it not too little, too late? Well, if if he sat on the bench, then I'd say he's fit enough to play. He sat on the bench for a rest, not not because he's injured. If he's injured, he shouldn't be on the bench because. You know why? Why why put a player on who's injured? So I don't really buy into that. I think he rested him. Uh, Proctor, I thought Proctor held the ball up in the first half until they scored. He he was playing playing okay, Uh, but we needed bodies around him. And Will Keane was way off the mark tonight. Way off the mark. 
Um, and, and I don't know why. And I thought Dan Gordon were as well. So either of those two, I'd have taken off and, and, and brought Lange on, most definitely. I'd, I'd have started ahead of him, to be honest. I'd have started in with Proctor. You know, we, we need we need points. We need to we need points to stop in the division and, and make a fist of it. Bringing players on with ten minutes to go. You know, I know what you're saying. Are we risking him for Saturday? It's pivotal. To, to that survival for us, but yeah, I, I don't. See, I, I'd have brought him on earlier, and uh, that that would have been my complaint, though, not the fact that he brought him on with ten to go. Well, something you mentioned there, Barry, is we need points for survival, points, and probably a shore up defence. We've now conceded the most goals at home this season in the league, thirty-two. We've only won twice at home. Only Rochdale have won less at home than one time. We've only scored 14 times at home as well, and only Northampton have scored less with eight. That definitely does show, doesn't it, Paul, where, where we're at now? Um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at those, you said about the conceding 30-summit goals. Um, half of that's in three games, don't forget. Um, home's not home, is it? Because, you know, there's no fans in. Um we are in this surreal football environment. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go back about three weeks, I said, you know, we, we're all right because we've got goals in us. It was keeping them out that was the problem. The goals are dried up and we've let more in. It's not looking good, is it? No, Adam, do you got anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, well, the other, th- the other thing I don't think suits us at home is the pitch is abysmal. Um, and you know the way we, I think Proctor battled hard tonight, but most of our players struggle with that, like more physical side of things. Really, you know, we we have got some good footballers in our team, and you know that pitch just does not suit us at all. Um, and I, I think it showed in the Blackpool game, and it showed in the game tonight. I thought we were much better. I'm not saying the pitches were great, by the way, away from home, but they were slightly better. And I think it helps us a bit more to play the, the way we want to play. Um, as Paul said, really, you know, we're a recipe for disaster, aren't we? We're letting in easy goals and we're not clinical enough in front of goal. I think that one minute period in the first half said it all when, you know, we, we put a great ball in and Proctor played really well. You know, a goal poach puts that in. You know, Will Grigg in our great season or great seasons in League One would have put that in. Proctor didn't quite get that. Within a minute, we're a goal down, you know, and it it it's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? But what I would like to say is the fact that you know everyone was downbeat, you know, pretty much early January last year. Um, I think we have some good players. I honestly do think we have some good players. I just think we the problem we've got is we've not got enough of them to manage without injuries. Um, you probably say on the balance of this season, you know, two or three of our best players are missing, aren't they? You know, Pierce, I think by far has been our best player. Joseph, for me, um, since December has been our best player. And I don't know if he was on the bench tonight, Asgard, but for me, I think he's been good, Asgard. You must have been injured then because, you know, so our best players are missing and I don't think we can afford that at the moment. So, there are some mitigating circumstances, so I'm trying not to get too downbeat about it, or otherwise, I think everyone will be 
dying in a bottle of whiskey at the end of this podcast if we don't try and make it a little bit more upbeat. Well, I think um, Liam Richardson summed it up with his post-match comment saying that the off-field woes are seeping through to the field. And it's hard to... Well, it's not hard to forget that that is still going on. Barry, no, I'll bring you back in. Listening to what Adam's saying there about our best players missing. They are our best players, but, you know, we, we've got a team with, like, three or four decent players, and and that's it. The rest are ever so run-of-the-mill. I mean, some of them I don't even think are a League One standard in there, to be honest with you. And it's showing... So when we, we do take players out, um, you know, you really do struggle. And, you know, it, but we know what we are, we know what we've got, uh, and, we're making the, and we're making the most of it. And I did an interview with Lincoln City fan this week, and, and he asked me about those defeats against both Rochdale and Blackpool. And I said, there's more of them in us this season. And unfortunately, I was proven right a lot sooner than I thought I would be because they're going to come and I, I think we'll get another couple of Tonkins tanken, before the season's over as well. But if we can pick, it's how we respond for this, from this, isn't it? And, and can we pick points up against teams like Bristol Rovers, the teams that we need to beat? But we can't keep shipping loads of goals and because you know it might come down to goal difference at the end of the season that seasons disappear into League Two. Well, that, that's one thing that... Um... It's very true. It's one thing you won't want to happen as well. Get relegated on goal difference after everything that's gone on in the last in the last twelve months. Would you, Adam? Yeah, I just wondered. I thought Barry made uh, quite an interesting point there about. He said there's probably three or four players who are up to this level because we had a discussion, didn't we, two or three weeks ago about the signings that we've made, and I think we were all quite positive. So just wondering what. You know, in terms of the three or four players that Barry thinks are up to this level, the ones who started tonight, and then that presumably means the others are not up to this level. So I'm just wondering who, who you would say, Barry, are the ones who are up to this level? The one, well, it's easiest to say the ones who are not really. I mean, it, uh, I don't want to go picking, but you know, I mean, if we're doing a fans podcast, then obviously that that's I have to speak my mind on it, and I'd start at the back with Jamie Jones, definitely not. For I've seen a Scott Wooten, definitely not. Dariqua, uh, he, he, he's a, he is and he isn't for me. He, he, he's very, he's quite hit and miss, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, Alec Perry, not. Dan Gardner, I don't think he's up to this level. I think he, if anything, he's a League Two player. You know, we're going through the team here. I, I like the look of uh, Ojo. I still think he's all right. I thought him and Murray in midfield are a good combination, but but they need help. They need players for help them. And tonight with, with Gardner and Keane, they were nowhere near them. They were nowhere near. You know, and Keane just have a bad game, or because I think I think he probably is up to this level, Keane. Yeah, but he has more bad games than when he has good games. That's the trouble. Uh, a good, uh, a League One player will have more good games than bad games, but they're not. They're having more bad games than good games. James was the same. Son James, he he used to have one really good game and two, and two like not so good games, and he's found himself on the bench at Salford, you know. Uh, and he was with us in the first half of the season. Curtis Tilt for the first hour at Oxford, I thought he was magnificent. And then he, he lost it. And, and tonight, I, I didn't think he were that good tonight. Uh, we've seen him poor. But again, so they've been out what for... About, what about the young lads, Steve, coming on loan? Johnson and... Um... I like Johnson. Yeah, I've liked the look of him. 
so he's one I'd, I'd definitely say. Uh, I've not seen enough of Proctor, but I thought he put himself out about a bit tonight. His, his first game, he did okay, and didn't he scored the goal? You know, we, we need that, to see after, more. After that. I think the trouble with Vivit Otterbar is he's been out too long, and it's uh, you know it's definitely something we haven't got the luxury of bringing a player in and, and letting him get his fitness up and his sharpness. We haven't got that luxury. It's the same with Zach Clough. I mean, obviously there's a player in there in both of them two, but for a, a, a club in our position, definitely not for me. Could we, put, could we put? Could we If we were fully fit, our squad could we put eleven players out? Who you would say are all. Mid-table league because they need to be mid-table league one now. Bottom of league one's no good because we need to be better than that. So could we put a team of eleven out at the moment? That is, that is actually mid-table league one. Well, we're not going to do that because we've lost Carl Joseph and Tom Pierce for the season. Them two, there, there are two quality players. We need a goalkeeper. I mean, word on the street is our, our Sango and Evans praises, but word on the street is 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 about the same level as Jamie Jones and and. You know, that's uh, you know, it's not. Uh, I don't know. So the goalkeeper, who are we going to bring in at centre back? I mean, well, I, I, would, said that. I would say Johnston and Tilt for me. Both left-footed, though, weren't they? Yeah, but uh, that's I. I played. I could. I was right-footed. I played left centre half. You didn't play in that League was... One, though, did you? We can have your League and mm. League One. It's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point, but. I don't know. Do you go for players, though, or do you go for what foot they are? Yeah, if you're a good player, you're not a good player. Our trouble is now, it, we're, we're like surmising what, what if and what could be. We, we, we can't do that because we are what we are and we've got what we've got. Even if we get new owners in next week and they've got all the cash, we can't start bringing players in because the transfer window's shut. And we can't bring loan players in. Apart from free agents, if there's any free agents floating, like Neil Warnock found a few for Cardiff, didn't he? Mm. It's not looking good that we're going to get the new owners in our way in the near future. So, I think I think we've what we've got at the moment is what we've got, isn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe uh, watch this page on that bit, Adam. Right, you've you've. you've... I think it was Meg Walker that posted tonight that, um, and I apologize if that's wrong, but I, I can't remember who tweeted it. Saying that no matter how when you think you've reached rock bottom, they find a way to take it lower. And and for me, rock bottom is going to be the day before that takeover goes through. But but once that takeover goes through, I think everybody's going to get a lift. Everybody's going to get a boost, and things are going to start going in a different direction. Yeah, you know, and like you're saying, it can't come soon enough, can it? One other thing coming out from the game today was reported by Paul Kendrick that Liam Richardson confirmed that Scott Wooten was taken off at half time to join his pregnant wife in hospital. Uh, Liam said that they're expecting a baby and we wish them well. I'm glad to believe everything's okay, so that's obviously the most important thing. So from everyone at the Pro Duty podcast, uh, we wish the Scott and his other half uh, all the best for, for the birth of their child. Um, just want to quickly, quickly come in. It's unfortunate that it didn't bring us the look that Ryan Colclough got on that day when he scored two goals. No, no. Right, should we? Should let's park that game because um, it was it wasn't the best by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Barry, just um, a point here that I'd like to discuss with you with regards to Liam Richardson. We've spoken about him a couple of times tonight. 
there was an article on BBC Radio Manchester today, wasn't there, with regards to uh, job offers. And Liam Richardson saying there's a few job offers and that he wouldn't necessarily uh, be hasty in making a decision to join Paul Cook if he got one. What do you make of that? It's, it's, it's good. I mean, there's one thing that has been stable this season. It's the fact is Liam Richardson. He's, he's been with us since we went into administration. He could have walked out like the other coaches did and left for, you know, he has his family to think of. And he, obviously, you know, they've got better offers. And, uh, uh, you know, with what he's saying, Premier League clubs and Championship clubs interested in him. Financially, he would probably have taken a pay rise, but he stuck with us. You, you know, a workman can only work with the tools that he's given. So I think he's done all right. We can be critical of him, you know, uh, as we should be. Uh, tonight is one of those occasions where we've, you know, questioned his tactics, but that doesn't mean to say that we don't want him to be, uh, you know, Saturday and, 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 you know, next season as well, because I'd like to see Liam Richardson rewarded as Wigan Athletics full-time manager when new owners do come in. I mean, that'd be brilliant and giving some money to bring in players that he wants and to see how he goes on from there. But it's it's very good that he's shown that loyalty and, and and it's nice. It's nice that the fans have been told about it as well so they can give him the support. And um, obviously he's got a good connection with the club and it's one of those things. I mean, we, we've lost today 5-0. It's, a, it's the third time this season we've been done at home. So everybody's feeling quite emotional about it. Uh, and nobody more so than me. But at the end of the day, you know... <laughs> And we'll probably get crucified for this, but you know, Saturday's another game, and we go again. And we've got to, we've got to work out what went wrong tonight, and and see if we can fix something for Saturday. And I'm quite pleased that Liam Richardson is the man who's going to be doing that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Well, let's turn our attentions forward now. Let's look forward to the game on Saturday. Now. It's a home game, and if you were told that you were playing Lincoln City at home and you're Wigan Athletic, you'd be thinking, oh, brilliant, home win, um, if all things were equal. However, we've got, we're have got facing top-of-the-table Lincoln City after facing, who are now second in the table, Hull City. It doesn't get any easier, and the games are coming thick and fast. Barry... Would you like to boil some of the proverbial with ref watch? Trevor Kettle, Rutland based, is ref just three times previously. Charlton and Oxford United in the 2017-18 season. And also he's done us Sunderland away this season, which of course we won. So hopefully it's a good omen. He's an ex-RAF and NATO officer. He's currently a sales director of an engineering company. His season starts 22 games, 57 yellows, including one for Dan Gardner in that Sunderland game, and four reds. He's also awarded four penalties. Trevor Kettle. Let's hope he doesn't cause too much of a storm in a teacup this this weekend. So now we're going to move on to our, our usual love feature, the away fans view, uh, Adam asks. But Barry, who is it? Well, you're getting your money's worth out of me tonight, aren't you? I was just breaking off for a brew then. <laughs> uh, this week on Adam Ass, we've got Jake Tong. He comes from the Stacey West podcast, uh, Lincoln City fan podcast. 
He's a, a regular listener to uh, the PWU as well, and he said he can't get our theme tune out of his head with the calumet all going on there. So without further ado, over to Jake, and let's have a listen to what he had to say. My name is Jake Tong. I am a co-host on the Stacey West podcast, the Lincoln City podcast. Top of the league when you consider the amount of teams that have been in the Premier League and above that are in the division at the minute. And, you know, you look at the teams that were around, like the Hull, Doncaster, Peterborough, Portsmouth, they've all been in the championship in recent years. So, you know, we've been in the conference in the last 10 years or so. But um, how could you not be pleased? You know, we're in a semi-final of the, the Pizza Trophy. We're, we're top of the league, games in hand. Yes, we've got to win them, but everything seems um, all right at the minute. We're playing good football, we're winning games. Yeah, I mean, I think the only disappointing thing that's come from this season has been the home form. Normally, when we have a, a full sensible bank with 10,000 people there, it's you know it's miles better. And, and we, we barely dropped any points at home during the title-winning campaign of League Two in 18-19, it is. Um, obviously, we've lost about five or six games at home already. But, um, you know, apart from that, you know, everything's been pretty much perfect, to be honest. What Danny and Nicky did for the football club will never be forgotten. You know, it's in it's one of the eras probably up there with the likes of Keith Alexander and Graham Taylor back in the 70s. But how could I say no to, to Michael Appleton at the minute? He's, he's recruited some magnificent players. He's playing some, some good football. It's a lot more easy to watch than the Cowleys. You know, I know all this is said in, in hindsight and... I still love the Cowleys to the end of that, but Appleton just, just plays a different style of football and it seems like it's the right progression from the Cowley brothers. You know, it's not very often in football you get one good thing followed by another good thing. And I feel like we've been quite lucky with the appointments, but um, Mr Appleton can certainly have my children at, at this minute in time, that's for sure. The reason why we're getting such good results is Michael Appleton always says it, and the players come out and say it pre and post matches. We look at games in blocks of games um, rather than than one at a time and if we have four games and we get eight points that's magnificent that's how we need to you know approach it because if you get two points per game all season you know you tend to be there or thereabout you know uh, as Wigan will probably find out next year if they're in League 2 you know it's it's good um, we're winning game you know we probably should have won on, on two, uh, Sunday sorry it's a bit weird to say that we played on Sunday against Atkinson we we should have won that we, we fought back from 1-0 down similar to what we did against against Wigan earlier in the season and somehow messed up and making, you know, Dion Charles is, is a really good striker at this level. And we gave him the time in the box and, he's, you know, he put it in the way in the corner. But um, we seem to be getting over the line at the minute, which, which is rather pleasing, especially because, you know, all the teams around us are going to, you know, win in. I think Peterborough could close the gap. Doncaster could still go above us if they win their games in hand on us. So, you know, we've just got to keep grinding out results. And at the minute, we seem to be doing just that. Jorge, as, as we call him, scored that wonderful free kick against against Wigan at, at Central Bank. Just to mention him as well, he, he put in a right peach of a ball to, to Tom Hopper for the for the second goal on, on Sunday. But in terms of players that are probably playing out of their skin at the minute, um, you know, you look at Teo Aden, probably not a player that, that, that gets all the headlines. He's a, a centre midfielder, brought in from Fulham uh, about a year ago, just over a year ago. Um, came in as a central midfielder. Appleton does what Appleton does best and, and tells him he's probably got another role if he wants to play in the team. He's playing really well at left-back. You know, we've signed Cohen Bramwell from Colchester to, to bring him in, but Teo Edden's taking his game to another level. At the minute, I would be it'd be really unfortunate if I didn't mention Tom Hopper, a number nine that doesn't 
always get the goals that his work deserves. He's one of the best centre-forwards in the division because of the work that he puts in pressing and harrying defenders. And he's just such an intelligent footballer. And at the minute, he scored quite a couple of goals. You know, he scored away at Gillingham on, on telly the other night. He scored against Accrington and then he scored against Wimbledon away at the start of the year. He scored the winner in the last couple of minutes there. So he's massively improved. And then one player that, that I couldn't believe we signed in, in the January window, Morgan Rogers uh, from Manchester City, one of the country's biggest prospects. I mean, when I worked for West Brom, he, they were talking about him until the cows came home and he, he went to he went to Manchester City for four or five million pounds. And, um, you know, it's his first senior loan move and he's come up with some really big goals. You know, not only did he score against Accrington on Sunday, but he got a winner away at Fratton Park when we never bloody win at Fram Park. He's just starting to to integrate with the team. It helps that he's got his friend Brennan Johnson on the other side of, of the wing. More, we're really getting the best out of Morgan Rodgers. And I think at that level, Morgan Rodgers is, is turning out to be a bit of a cheat code. So um, they're the players that I would, I would take to look out for, that's for sure. As I said earlier, there's a lot of teams around us you know, the likes of, of Hull and Doncaster, Peterborough, Portsmouth. They're, they're some really big clubs, but, you know, there's always one shock a season, isn't there? It tends to be in League One. You know, we had Wickham last year and I've got a lot of friends who support Wickham and I think that this Lincoln team is, is miles better than the Wickham team that got promoted last year. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on to an opposition podcast and go, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win the league. You know, as you told me on, on Twitter the other day, you thought we were gonna go up, but I don't know. There's, there's just part of me that that feels we're going to be we're going to have a little bit of a sticky run and we're going to fall into the playoffs and we might not go up in the playoffs. But you know, if you had taken, if you had said to me at this point of the season you'll be you know you'll be top with games in hand and points on the board, I would bite your arm off. I don't think we're going to get promoted. If I'm honest with you. I think it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, Wigan came to to Central Bank. I think it was December really gave us a a run for our money. Obviously, going one nil up through Naismith um, it was really good that night as well and you know Wigan played really well it only sort of took for Lincoln to to go up the gears in the last 25 minutes or so that, that we actually managed to to turn it around and I'm, not, I'm expecting the exact same you know Wigan are fighting for their lives and it's it's a tough place to go um, you know you've beaten the likes of Atkinson I think at home already I think Wigan I think they're going to make it difficult for us they're going to stick all the men behind the ball they're going to try and counter us just exactly like they did at the bank and if I'm honest, I think I would take a point at this minute in time because based on how well you guys played at uh, Central Bank earlier in the season. So I'm going to go for a score draw. I'm going to go for 1-1. Well, I think I think Jake might have changed his mind after seeing tonight's result. He predicted a 1-1, didn't he? He said it'd be a really tough game because Wigan always turn up against the big sides. <laughs> so not quite sure if he would have changed his mind after that. But I think I agree exactly what he says. I mean, it's... a uh, Fairy tale story, isn't it? Lincoln over the last few years, you know, non-league FA Cup quarterfinals as a non-league team, uh, winning League Two, and now punching above the weight. Um, I was really interested in the loan signing that he talked about, and I've forgotten his name. I mean, Barry might be able to help me out with that, but it, it sounds like he is a cracking player. The, the the guy they've got on loan, I think, is he from is he from Arsenal? Uh, he's definitely from the Premier League anyway and he seems like an absolute quality player I'm a bit worried about Saturday <laughs> after what I've seen tonight so uh, but yeah Lincoln, fair play to Lincoln they looked 
to me, they, they, you know, they're a side that you've got to praise, really. They've gone on from strength to strength. And Appleton is finally getting his rewards, really, for being a really good coach and good thinker. And he looks like he's starting to get results out of his players now. Yeah, he's uh, on loan from Man City, didn't they? He's signing from, from West Brom. Uh, yeah. Jake used to work at West Brom and he said they raved about him there. He went City for three million. I can't think of his name either. Morgan Rogers. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, we got there between us. We all got a little bit of information each. Uh, so, but he's someone to look out for anyway on Saturday. Uh, speaking of Saturday, the previous between ourselves and Lincoln, we've played them 26 times, won 14, drawn two, lost 10. I've got a funny feeling that that lost 10 may become lost 11. The last meeting was the 1st of December. 2020, a 2-1 defeat. Cal Naismith getting our goal. The last meeting in Wigan was on the 27th of April, 1999. What score was it that day, Barry? It was 3-1, I believe, was it? It was indeed. It was indeed. Adam, how do you see the game going on Saturday? Well, the last time I'd had this much to drink on the podcast was, uh, if you, I don't know if you recall, it was after my uncle's funeral. And it was just before the whole game, I think I predicted a 17-0 win to Wigan. And I wasn't that far off. So I'm going to go Wigan 14, Lincoln 0. Okay then, Paul, how do you see the game going? Uh, Exactly the same as the last two. And the same as the ones that we've had in the past when we've been a bit rubbish. Um, It's just a question how long we we look all right for before we capitulate and whether or not we score before we capitulate. And if we can hold that on long enough, I, I think we'll look all right for a bit, maybe, maybe till half time. And then the second half will struggle. Um, you know, and that struggle might well be just back to the wall defending. I'm going to have to, you've got to be positive, haven't you? So I'll go with a 1 1. Oh, I, I was agreeing with everything you were saying then. And it's very rare that me and you agree on stuff. But then when you're giving that score line, I, I disagree with you. I, I do think we'll get beat because Lincoln are in a great vein of form. and the the promotion is something that they'll you know see as a really achievable aim this season so i think they're going to be on a roll um, it's going to be hard yeah. to get up isn't it from another 5-0 defeat but you're only as good as your last result so if we can get something against lincoln that's how you judge yourself isn't it barry tonight as well so just to, just to interject briefly sorry they they lost on penalties tonight so they might be absolutely gutted about that. They lost on penalties to Sunderland. I mean, if, if I'm thinking with me, Eddie, I, I'd go with Paul and, and think, you know, we're going to get some sort of tatering again. And, you know, realistically, you're looking at at least a 3-0 defeat. But but I'm, I'm just hoping that we go five at the back. <laughs> we, we, we put people in that midfield and uh, we frustrate the hell out of them. And we hit them on the break, and we we somehow managed to get a one one all draw. So that's what I'm going for, one apiece. Do you reckon goals in the second half or goals in the first or split? We have to score first if it's going to be one apiece. So I'll go us winning one nil at half time with them coming at us. Ninetieth minute equaliser, heartbreak at the DW. I mean, realistically, they're going to beat us three <laughs> at least. Right then, talking of Saturday, obviously we play we're playing twice a week for the next five weeks. We've got Lincoln at home Saturday, then we travel to Bristol, then we've got Peterborough away, followed by Charlton at home, MK Dons at home, 
Plymouth away, Sunderland at home, Wimbledon away, all in the next five weeks. It's a tough run of fixtures, they come thick and fast. But as Paul has said many, many a times over the years, you know, you pick up a couple of points here and there, you get on a little run, it can it can pull you out, can't it, Paul? Yeah, I mean, you you look at the table as it stands now. We one win and we we're out of there. Two wins and we still have to look comfortable. It's it's madness, you know. From 18th down, there's there's three points in it. I'd say anyone from Bristol Rovers downwards, and I think Barry would probably uh, agree with me there. I can see him nodding away. Between 18th and 24th, there's what five points separating them. It's going to be an interesting running. You know, everyone thought Burton were gone. But look at it now; it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting running to to the end of the season. Are there anything you'd like to add on that before we uh, start to bring things to a close? Yeah, you look at Shrewsbury; they brought a new manager in, didn't they? In Steve Cottrell, who unfortunately developed COVID and ended up in, in a bad way in hospital, but he's back out now. But they put a nice little run together. They've pulled up the thirty-three points, uh, which is eight points above the drop zone. I think. That I mean, considering like Northampton has taken them 28 games to reach 25 points, I don't think they'll be catching, they'll be making that, that up on them. So, I'd say they were safe. Uh, then it's like you say, it's that seven, those seven sides, and of them, we've got we've got still to play Burton at home, Swindon at home, uh, away at Wimbledon, and we've got Bristol Rovers away as well. So, we've got games against them where we can, you know, sort of get the points, but. Again, the unfortunate thing is when you think we're like Wimbledon's beaten us, Rochdale's beaten us and drawn with us, Northampton's beat us as well, Swindon's beat us. So we're not, we're not exactly picking points up against them. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And the two games a week is going to be tough as well, especially with how this, the squad is. You know, if, if we're still in the mix come the last game of the season with Swindon at home, I'd be absolutely delighted. Fair enough. Fair enough. Adam, I can see you keep putting your hand up and then disappearing. Quick look at the statistics for the, um, not counting last season because it was a COVID season, the three years previous to that, and it was 45, 49 and 51. So that averages out at about, I think, 48. I think we're going to have to be looking at around about that to, uh, to, to actually stay in the league, aren't we? So on that note, it's, it's not really the best of podcasts. We've not had too much to get excited about this week. But I think it's been a fair and honest review. So without further ado, it is a good night from me. Good night from us. Good night from us. Good night. At some point, we're going to do the last podcast in administration.